0: Oh that's a brilliant of follow-up play by Mahe. Oh my goodness man! what a shot Ça goûte
1: set
0: Welcome the eve of the EHF Final Four Women 2023. And it's myself, Chris O'Reilly, and Brian Campion, two-thirds of the Uninformed Handball Hour. Alex Kulash is going to join us all the way from Boston very shortly. But we have someone even better to start the show with. Our special guest over to my right will be revealed now with the magic of television. It's Dina Ekula from Team Esbjerg. Dina, you're very welcome.
2: Thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to be here.
0: Our pleasure. And, uh, well, first of all, how is family life treating you? Congratulations on, your, you. on your newborn. Yeah, was it 12 weeks you. ago?
2: Exactly, so? yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's a pretty new and uh, challenging task in my life. But uh, yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's just wonderful.
3: Nice. Is it as good as everyone says having a child?
2: uh it is but it's also as hard as everyone tells you
3: (laughs) 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 and how
0: is the sleeping so far
2: it's good i can't complain um i'm every day fresh in training so uh, she's treating me good
0: yeah you uh i saw you're making your comeback already is there I mean, you're here. Is there's no surprise? Come back to the court tomorrow.
2: No, unfortunately not. Um, I think I will just be 100 percent back for the next season.
0: That sounds fair. Yes. Okay. Well, you wouldn't tell us if it was. A <laughs> no. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> you're here. Looking
2: pretty sharp to me. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you trust the other goalkeepers then? Of course. Tomorrow. Okay. Lovely. But yeah, great that uh, you're already in full comeback mode and here with the team as well. Uh, Was that always the the plan or or how did that come about?
2: Uh, Yeah, of course, uh, I tried to support uh, the team over the last couple of months uh, uh, as good as I can. And for me, it was no question if they qualify for Final Four, I will be there. It's the best event of the year and uh, I will not miss that.
3: What are your memories then of of coming back to Budapest? Obviously you were here last year and played a role. What's it like to, to return to the same arena again?
2: It's of course it's just incredible that we qualified again this year, and uh, I think we can do a better job than we last uh, did last year, and uh, that's also the mission we we have.
0: Yeah. What, what are those? What kind of sticks out for you now? It's 12 months since that last one. It didn't go to plan, obviously, from Esberg's uh, point of view. Think about
2: <laughs> just. A little bit of disappointment, think or thought in my mind because uh, we didn't play the, the handball we could have been played. So um, that's that's always a bad feeling if you get home from somewhere and you think shit we could have done it better. So yeah, that was that's the main thought about that. Mm-hmm.
3: Just, yeah, go do you on. think would like do you think that weighs heavier on keepers? Maybe if you weren't happy with your own performance, that maybe you feel like you've really let your team down in some way.
2: Uh, yeah, I think, of course, everyone, uh, by, by herself, like, saved more balls. She could have scored more so. goals. And, uh, of course, uh, I, I was also disappointed by my own performance, yes. Yeah.
3: But,
0: I mean, the, the team... It feels last year in comparison to this year was very different as well. Not least a couple of years coming to matches with seven or eight players. Uh, yeah. or that's an extreme example. Has that changed a little bit the build up for the team as well? You felt coming into this weekend?
2: Yeah, I think we learned from the last year. Uh, we had a really tough weeks before the final four, as well as this year. So, but I think we managed to just stay really in shape, and uh, everyone is 100 percent. And you need to be that uh, to play a role on the final four. So, um, I think that's that's the main plus uh, for us.
3: Yeah. We've we've been talking about the teams coming into the final four in the build-up to this, and I think it feels like for us very very level and very hard to call actually what's going to happen this year does it do you have the same feeling going into this
2: yes it's actually hard uh, of course you for me you know i I will not play and i can think whatever i want that's Uh, why
1: we
4: have you on now
0: because we want to hear you say whatever you want so So,
2: and it's so hard to say also about the other semi-final like who will make it and who will have the better day and uh, it's I think actually every team can win this competition and uh, everyone is on a good day, pretty hard to beat.
0: Okay, so that was the, that sounded still like a bit of a, not a political answer, but like <laughs> yeah, anyone, <maybe. laughs> anyone can beat anyone. But with the safety of knowing you don't have to perform tomorrow and that you'll be watching, uh, what can you tell us about your your impressions of the other three teams? We'll start with the opponents for Esberg tomorrow, FTC.
2: Um. I think of course they uh they play at home that's that's a big big uh big thing uh they I think I heard about nine thousand uh, uh Ferrari fans tomorrow, so it will be incredible and uh, of course, they also have a good team um it's not about uh not just about the city and defense the and they showed against Metz what they can do uh it was like uh almost like a miracle uh I think no one believed in them. I was also like, okay, Mets will do it uh uh, they will be there again, the same teams like last year, blah blah blah, and now oh, Fradis here. So um, I think we need to, um, yeah, how you said it, not underestimate them. It's it's uh, yeah important. They have a good team. They uh, my German colleagues yes. uh, are pretty good in shooting, uh, <laughs> so I know that. <laughs> and yes.
0: Have you had a chance to speak to Alicia or Emily about like in the build-up to this? Uh, yeah, of yeah.
2: course I, I sent them a short message when I saw the match uh, against Metz um, because it was just a crazy performance and I was so happy that they joined this tournament. Um, I think also for all the Germans it's just nice to be here for the national team, for everything to experience this and uh, yeah, I think uh, they just deserved it.
3: You, t- you mentioned the crowd there, and we were talking about this earlier as well. I mean, we've always wondered what a Final Four would be like with FTC at home, because mm. it always felt like it was kind of Gyor's second home for a long time, and now actually Gyor won't be in that position anymore. How do you prepare for a crowd like that? I mean, you've played in very big games yourself as well, and I think it's maybe a bit special for keepers when you can silence the crowd a little bit with your saves. What, 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 what have you done in the past to prepare for big games when you know the crowd is going to be on your back?
2: I can tell you, you cannot prepare. I tried last year, I was okay, we play against Gjörg, it will be loud, there will be many people against you, they will whistle, they will do everything to irri- like, irritate you, yeah. but you can prepare. I was, I was so in shock about this uh, wave of uh, noise and it was crazy. I never experienced it before, so uh, it will be even more tomorrow and I'm, I'm just so curious how it will be and I get goosebumps, it's just, yeah. But you can prepare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because even like,
0: so we, on Tuesday, we talked to Emily Bulk and about also the fact that they have had a chance last couple of weeks to be in here a couple of times. Yeah. But it's been a completely empty arena. Yeah. And I remember the first time we came in here was the Euro 2022 Mm -hmm. and uh, Hungary basically on the edge of being knocked out. But still, the atmosphere was absolutely like overwhelming. Uh, So, yeah, we have a feeling of what it sounds like. But that's from the side, from the court. Yeah. I, I can only imagine what it's like but yeah even for for Frodi who are going to have that advantage it's going to be a completely new experience for them
2: yes yes indeed and uh, maybe the gear fans they they will be for the Danish team maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, also for anyone who's uh, watching at home as well do uh, send us in messages if you have any questions we'll try and keep an eye on it as well for Dina before we let her go into the evening and back to your child. Um, uh, tell us a little more then about your your thoughts on on uh, Vipers. A lot of uh, teammates for your uh, Esbjerg team. A lot of Norwegians in there. You know each other uh, pretty well. What do you make of their season?
2: Um, yeah, I think um, yeah they're just so routine. Can you say it like that? Uh, you have the feeling okay uh they have so many experienced players and they just know what they're doing even if they're behind in the match they will they will make it at the end so um yeah i think they that's their big uh, plus um that they just have many experienced players and uh, they played those matches before uh so many times and um yeah they pl- they're playing a really good season like the years before and um yeah as i said before it's it will be so uh, yeah interesting to see who will do it tomorrow.
0: The way you speak about them, it sounds a little li- like the old way people would speak about Jura. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. and, uh, and it feels like, maybe not for the very first time, but for things have changed a little bit about the way people are looking at Jura as a club and as a powerhouse, because being to every single one of these and almost every time it's, you know, they're the favorites, yeah. but they haven't won since 2019. Do you think that's also something that will be playing in their minds a little bit?
2: I think um, as a gear player, I don't know, but uh, I think they they feel kind of pressure uh, when they come to those uh, yeah final fours and Champions League, and uh, everyone expects the, expects them to win. Um, and uh, but you could see in the last uh, couple of years, maybe the last one or two years, that they are not. You can beat them if you have a good day. Uh, they even lost at home this season, uh, so um, yeah, maybe they lost a little bit a little bit of their outstanding yeah how you say this uh yeah place they've Mm. been so um but nevertheless uh we talk about the the club with maybe the best players in their squad so yeah
3: yeah they could regain it really quickly with a win this weekend (laughs) that's (laughs) how quickly it changes yeah Uh, talk to us a little about jesper jensen as a as a coach is he already on your back now about pushing back very hard training or is he kind of waiting maybe till the summer to get on your case. <laughs>
2: uh yeah, um uh, as uh, he was not, of course he was really uh, good in the last couple of months and uh in my pregnancy and all this and uh now I'm changing back to Germany so um yeah. He's
0: happy to just let you kind of. He's
2: happy that make, I'm gone that and <laughs> <laughs>
0: I go back to the, you're back to Thuringer Hotsee. Yeah, right exactly. Back to your home club next season. Exactly. Which is uh, which is nice as yes, well.
2: Yes, I felt uh, yeah. Now with the uh, the family addition, uh, it's nice to get a little bit closer mm-hmm. to the family and uh, but still, uh, it's I don't uh, want to miss the handball and I still can play on a quite high level. So that's uh, nice.
0: And that sounds really nice. Like. On a club perspective, that they have still kept you so close as well, you know, yes. even though they know you won't be able to. Well, uh, maybe not playing tomorrow. <laughs> I don't buy that The more we talk about this, the more I'm not so sure anymore uh, if there's no surprise comeback coming. Uh, but no, yeah, the uh, they've still kept you so close into the the squad, and um, yes. I guess as a little bit of a, a kind of goalkeeper coach as well. Ad- additionally, um, yeah. that sounds really nice.
2: Yeah, like you know. When you, I never been uh, injured in my whole career, but um, for me it was the first time to be outside, uh, outside of the, the squad and being on Tribune and not being in the training. So I really try to be as close as I can, even if I'm not on the squad, even if I'm not really super close to the girls. But um, yeah, they also been good to just kept me inside and said okay Dina you're still here and you're still doing your best and even if you're pregnant or if you got a mom uh, you're part of our team so that's that's the best thing ever
3: nice is is that the hardest thing to deal with when you're out like that that you feel like you were part of this collective for so long playing this team training so many times a week and you probably did stuff together with them the weekends and all of a sudden then you're on the outside is that probably the most difficult part about being well you don't know about being injured but being to being out of the team like that, is that the trickiest part psychologically? Uh,
2: yeah, I think so. Of course, it's different when you're pregnant uh, because you have a positive thing to yeah. work for. Yeah. But um, still, uh, you miss the social uh, life with your team. Um, you you don't have this daily, really close contact. Uh, also on the field, this clapping, this yelling at each other. And um, yeah, I missed it a lot, I have to say.
3: Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, we have a question here, I think.
0: Yeah, we have a question from uh, Lena. He was like, hi, Dina. I uh, hope everything goes well. Esbjerg come into this competition with very young goalkeepers compared to these other teams, unless you make your comeback tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> she didn't say that. Uh, will that affect the performance of Esbjerg? What do you think of the tell us about the other goalkeepers and uh, what you expect to, to see from them?
2: Uh, so of course they're they're pretty young for goalkeepers. I think um, especially goalkeepers in their best age maybe around 29, uh, 30, uh, because it's also about experience. But um, they are both just pretty pretty good. So I'm impressed. Um, we got Anna in. Uh, I think it was January. She came to our squad uh, from Vibor and uh, she just raised her level like. Phew, in these few months. So um, the same with the milling. And uh, I think we can expect uh, them on a good level on the, for the weekend. We need them. Uh, They know we need them. And if you want to win something, you need a good goalkeeper, Um, but they can do it.
0: just you saying there 29 or so for a top age for a goalkeeper I have to ask you about Amandine Lenot, who is at 37 has made a comeback the the most unsurprising comeback I think (laughs) true (laughs) but but, like what an inspiration she is as well
2: yeah incredible Um, her and uh, Lunde for me it's just incredible how they live uh, handball Uh, it's not about uh, yeah of course it's fun and uh, goalkeeping and blah blah but it's this Way they live it—it's just uh, I never seen it before in other players. It's yeah, it's just they're alive and they they live for this winning and they have this spirit inside and they just keep on going no matter how many titles they get. It's it's impressive.
3: Yeah, because want more. It could be seven more. for Katrina Lunder this weekend as well, which would be, be the first person ever to do it. Um, or she? or. Seven, or four, Nora Merk. Nora, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it. I see the
2: tattoo every day. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> uh, th- sorry, you were going to say. No, something. I was going to say, did you have a, a goalkeeping idol when you were growing up in any way, or did, were you just kind of just focusing on yourself? And
2: um, I never really had an idol. For me, it was hard because, um, especially back in the yeah years before the the most of the goalkeepers were pretty high and tall, and for me it was always hard to to feel like that because I was always a little smaller and I thought, okay, they're so big and uh, they're saving so good, but what can I, yeah, what can I do to do it the same? So it was hard for me to find a real idol, but if I need to say a name, it would be probably Silvia Navarro from a uh, Spanish national team. She's so impressive. Yeah. Like she's, I think she's even smaller than me and she's just like a ninja and uh, saving the balls like, it's crazy.
3: I've never met anyone who disliked her. She's like the people's champion, I feel like, of <laughs> Everyone loves her.
0: Yeah. And another person who just keeps going and going forever. It's, uh, yeah, she's had an amazing career. Um, Would
3: you want to play handball for that long?
2: I'm not quite sure, um, <laughs> but ask me in 10 years. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, Yeah, I mean, Amandine decided to leave uh, last season and now yeah. she's back. Um, a little thing on Nora then, because uh, yeah, it could also be a historic weekend for her. Um, being a little bit on the uh, part of the team but looking at how the team has changed this year uh, having a player like her coming in and just adding also that Mm -hmm. winning mentality do you feel like that has changed something as well in the way the team you know deals with training and matches every day
2: Uh, yeah I think it changed a lot Um, she's really she's really a winner personality Um, she takes Every match is so serious and she always, she takes herself uh, also like, um, she knows she's important for us. If she's ha- had a bad day, a bad match, she's also like, okay, I need to be better. We need to step up, we need to step up, step up. And she repeats herself like, after every match, like, okay, it was bad. Girls, we need to play better. And I think it made us better. Wow. Over the season, uh, we started not quite good in the in the season at the beginning, and also in the league. And uh, when I see how we play now, it's incredible. And she also did a good job in that.
0: I think we'll leave you in a second. We'll let you go in a moment. <laughs> uh, just one last question then: Which of the two teams would you prefer to play in the final, Oof. if you have it? Well, assuming Esberg managed to overcome the twenty thousand, uh, the majority of the twenty thousand here. Uh, do you have a, some kind of preference, maybe, for the, the style that matches up against S-Bier?
2: Um I think it's hard, but um, just because of the atmosphere, I would prefer Goer and we have a small revenge for the last year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was watching little highlights of that earlier today and that was... Yeah, for a long part really close game as well you got off to such a good start yeah. it feels like you need a, a bit of revenge against yes. them yeah. yes <laughs> but
2: yeah we still need to have a good day tomorrow absolutely
0: all right yes. I think uh, we can leave it with that thank you so much Dina yes thank enjoy you enjoy the rest of your evening I will and uh, maybe see you on the court tomorrow
2: yes thank you so yeah, much for right, being take here bye bye
0: now with Dina leaving us we're gonna bring Alex in as well alex gulash are you there ah oh, there he is but can we hear oh look him? this lovely sp- 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 screen oh, i can't hear Goosh. alex clemens can you hear him
3: i can't hear him no. Oh no Classic. nothing yet we can see we can see his lips moving he looks in a very good mood though yeah so
0: people, people uh oh, I oh now i can hear him there alex can you hear me yeah very good
4: good very good it's not the humble error without some uh, technical issues from our yeah. side to start off the discussions. And
0: usually we get to edit that out, but not this time, because no, we're, we're live. live. Okay, that was a lovely interview with Dina. Uh, fantastic. I think just as we expected. And uh, Mihai, thanking Dina as well. And just as we hoped, a little bit of, uh, yeah, non-bias look at the teams as well, uh, which was quite interesting. And that's what we're going to do as well over the... The next hour and a half or so on the podcast we're going to look at all four teams uh preview the semi-finals a little bit and go through three things three three things that we wanted to focus on the the storyline for each of the teams coming into this weekend their main strength what's going to drive them to victory or the achilles heel so what is going to see them fall
3: apart this weekend and if you stay tuned Chris is going to have a dramatic reading of a new rule. (laughs) I don't think we're going to do that. The coaches challenge
0: everyone. No, I don't think we're going to do a dramatic reading of that. I don't think it'll hit the same way that the uh, dramatic reading of Seged's uh, fans letter to the players did. But uh, yeah, if we really get desperate and we need to fill some time, then we will do that. Okay, so Alex, how are you doing first of all over in Boston? I'm sad that you're not with us. I'm doing great
4: yeah sad that i couldn't make it to budapest this time around and um, haven't had a lot of luck with budapest in my time uh been stuck in a hotel room the last time but uh i'm here virtually which is good uh and i'm excited for the wonderful weekend we're gonna have
0: yeah so are we and we are in the what, what is going to be the studio for the whole weekend uh for the twitch uh Coverage of this competition. Uh, you had a chance to meet Martin and Anya earlier on. They'll be joined by Lucy Marie Kretschmar and Dida Vind uh, tomorrow and Sunday. And we'll be back on Sunday after the games as well with a little wrap-up podcast. But uh, before we go into the you know the team by team thing, maybe we can talk about the you know the event as a whole. We did a little bit of a preview. Uh, Brian and I on Wednesday for the morning club. But uh, heading into this, like, what is the storyline of this weekend? Is it as obvious as
3: FTC finally making it? What do you think, Brian? I think the, I mean, there's a, a lot of storylines we could, we could go through. I mean, there's an exodus of three coaches and then one to come with uh, Jesper Jensen the season after. So there's a lot of big storylines there, but I think it has to be FTC. Because that was the biggest surprise of, of the uh, quarterfinals. And nobody saw that coming. And I definitely didn't see that coming. And you know how I feel about FTC over the years. <laughs> uh, but I was delighted to see it because I feel like they've always let me down. And this time they really came good. And they have to have huge momentum coming into this. And that for me is it's going to be fascinating to see. We've always said over the years, what's Budapest going to be like when we have FTC there and we, that's why we always wanted to see that and i think now it's going to be something really really special and for the first time gear won't have that major home advantage yeah it'll as, be more green but yes of a slightly different
0: shade slightly different green um and those of you watching at home as well on the home of handball let us know uh, what do you think the big storylines are for this weekend not just for the event as a whole but also for each of the four teams which we'll go through alex how about you
4: um so like the hungarian party it's, it's, it's probably the same, but how does it feel being there in Budapest, be being there on uh, on the ground? Does it feel like there's a buzz around the city that everyone's getting ready for this uh, big Hungarian party that we've all been waiting for?
3: Yeah, it definitely does. But I think I was surprised a little bit yesterday because I was doing the, the team arrivals and I think Gior wanted to make a little bit of a statement because they knew, okay, this is normally our stomping ground, but we're now FTC's in town. So they had they were greeting their players when they arrived yesterday afternoon with flares drums and there was a, a lot of people at the hotel setting off a lot of smoke flares which are unbelievable for the first 20 seconds and then everyone can't see and can't it's to get annoying <laughs> <laughs> but it, great scenes and i really i really felt like they wanted to make a statement um because it was unusual when ftc turned yeah. up there was nobody there for them even though we're in budapest so but i mean, they're going to obviously show up in huge numbers then uh, tomorrow when it matters but interesting little tidbit there for from the gear fans. Yeah, stepping up to the challenge, yeah, that's
0: it. Um, yeah, I mean besides that, it's like the only other impression I've got because I arrived late last night was at the the media call today, and I mentioned it briefly uh on Twitch as well to Martin and Anya earlier that it feels like the the attention for all four teams as it kind of reflects the overall level of the teams because there's never been more even as well. Mm. You know, uh, Fradi and, and Jura have their supporters there. They have uh, the their media covering them, but also the Scandinavians have really come in force as well, what feels like for the first time. So Esbjerg having all those Danish media, we know what they're like for the national team. And now they're beginning to follow that uh, Esbjerg are, are coming on a, on a regular basis. So it felt like all the four teams got a lot of attention. Um, but overall, it just yeah, it feels like a kind of the calm before the storm. Like there's the opening party going on just outside here. There's, there are plenty of people there. It's not you know, packed to the rafters, but there's a nice atmosphere in there. Uh, but it feels like the, the whole vibe will change tomorrow mm. when FTC bring in their fans. Because it's not just going to be fans like, you know, they have their hardcore Handball fans, you've been in their their home court a few times with you know a few thousand fans in there, but this is going to be like nine, ten thousand fans, and you're going to wonder where the hell
3: did they come from? Yeah, well like, I heard well, I heard through the grip find that it's going to be a lot of football fans yeah. coming in for this as well, which is going to mm-hmm. I mean you know when football fans come to handball games, it, uh, it does definitely create a, a nice it's, atmosphere. Yes,
0: <laughs> it brings on, It can go in two oh ways, God, huh? Things. Say that again. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? The
4: the football fans, you know. Be. <laughs>
0: well, I think in terms of the you know the intensity, it'll be a good thing. I think in yeah. terms of the different type of noise it'll make, it'll be a good thing. If FTC are getting whipped by Esbjerg in the first half, then it could turn into a bad thing. Um, but for some reason, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. I think also they're going to want to. To, you know, show a decent side of themselves these fans on home court as well so I think the, the club have probably communicated with them as like lads and lassies you know you can go crazy but don't pull a nos and start pulling chairs out
3: of the arena and throwing them down onto <laughs> the court you know <laughs> but it's something we talked about earlier in the week and I want to ask you again now to see if your mind has changed, and I also mm-hmm. ask you Alex I think this is the first time I, I still cannot pick out a favourite it's really hard. I'd, I'd probably say that FTC are a shade below the rest, but doesn't mean they can't cause trouble this weekend or even get to the final. I'm not saying that, but it does in terms of just form and everything else. It feels like they're just below that. But the other, the other three teams, I just I can't really pick them apart to a certain extent. Maybe
0: that's something we can ask the uh, the people on the chat as well. If Clements wants to put together a a four team uh, poll really quickly, so which of the four teams? In your mind is the <laughs> is is in your mind the favorite? As I see the production team running around scrambling, uh,
4: and, and just to, to preempt that poll, preempt that poll with my opinion. Yeah, and that is that Team Eshberg are my favorites, uh-huh. and they're a above everyone. I, okay. I really do the same way that FTC is just below. Mm. I have Team Eshberg just above.
0: That's interesting
4: there's a lot, lot that feeds into it, but at the end of the day, they have the best player in the world and they have the best Norwegians, which is my, my <laughs> classic rule. They have yes. the best but, but ultimately I think um, it was actually Courtney Gain who said it in our um, previous podcasts or the live show that it's that experience. It's that um, Team measure came in last year and they just couldn't didn't know how to handle it the yes. same thing happened to vipers three years ago when they came into the final four and were easy dispatched by a cure. this time around effort have that experience they have the players they have the mentality they have the coach that everything to win this championship and i think out of all of the teams they're the ones that will actually be the most disappointed if they don't win you know you have the usual gear kind of they're they're always aiming for first um i think ftc potentially happy to be here you know it's a big thing they're gonna do it but um potentially happy to be there um but vipers have done it before and i think probably don't don't expect to be going in here to, to win the whole thing Esper, I, I think, know. just have that full expectation.
0: Well, we don't want to go into too much detail because that's the whole point of the rest of the podcast. That's
4: true. I, I, no, I, can, <laughs> I can leave
0: it there, see, see <laughs> the later boys. <laughs> uh, for me, oh, answer your own question there. Who's your, your favourite you at the moment? I Chris, excuse okay. me. Okay. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I think Vipers
3: are the favourites now. Yeah. yeah. Just based on you've seen him do it twice
0: now. Seen him do it twice and... Other reasons, which I'll go into okay. over the course okay. of the next hour and a half. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't want to give up. My well, 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 want to give it all well, up we now,
4: it huh? Well, we.
0: Oh, did we lose Alex there? We might have. Oh dear! In mid-conversation.
3: But yeah, we should dive in. In the
0: meantime, we should dive yeah. in. Oh, we dive in. That's what he said. Yes, dive okay. in. Yes. Should we dive in? Um, dive yes, ah. he's back. He okay, goes.
3: good. <laughs> Where should we start then? Shall we start maybe with the surprise of the quarterfinals? FTC. Coming back from six goals down to win by seven to make it through to Budapest for the first time in their history. And they had failed four times in a row in the quarterfinals. And they were really looking like they were going to pull another FTC. But proved us all wrong and made it to Budapest. So fantastic performance for them. Where will we start? We start with the strengths or what was the uh, storyline the storyline
0: and yes. just before we do that uh just looking here at the poll at the moment it looks like sbr is uh in the lead slightly ahead of everyone else uh just like alex predicted so other people saying as alex i preempted or preempted this
4: poll with my uh with my <laughs> pick there there you
0: go so ftc Storyline Alex, have you prepared this as well? We said we shared this with you, but uh, you didn't tell us if you were going to do your homework or not.
4: I've, I've done, uh, of
0: course, some of my homework. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> some, I, wouldn't I wouldn't expect anything <laughs> less from Alex Kulish, uh,
3: all the way in the USA. So, FTC, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think the storyline for them has to be debut energy, and I think after that performance that they had in the quarterfinals, this. Gabor Alec said it earlier today as well he says the final four is our reward and you see that they made it to the final four and then he quickly said this is my last you know this is and it's not going to get better than this we made it and now I'm leaving (laughs) (laughs) finish on a high Yeah. and so they're going to come in here honestly I think with no weight on their shoulders because they've already they've they've reached their goal probably for the season is to, to make it to Budapest and that's the best case scenario for FTC. When we talk about FTC mentality over the years, no stress is only good for them. Uh, their form is up and down, but- But do you, do
4: you truly believe that they have no stress here? I know they've made it, um, but there's a lot of expectation here as well. Mm-hmm. They will you. have the fans, they are the home team. So I don't think they're gonna be playing pressure free in this case.
0: Oh, I, I, I kind of agree with, but I see both sides because I'm going to jump to the Achilles heel okay. of this because that is my Achilles heel for this team. It's that fan expectation usually does not inspire this team; it cripples them. Mm. And we had a very recent example of that with them losing the first leg at home against Mets before they away from home with no fans there. Uh, none of the home expectation they had this amazing. Uh, come back. And we've seen over the years that whenever they've fallen apart, usually it's been at home and the expectation that's come with it. The flip side of it is that they've never played in front of this kind of crowd. And you would imagine though, Alex and Brian, that they would be like for the last couple of weeks working on the mental side of it so hard, knowing that, look, we have to use this crowd for our advantage, mm-hmm. there's like if we don't do it now, then I mean, when are we ever going to do it? Yeah. Um, so usually, yeah, I would say that the expectation hinders them, but yeah, there's just something really special about this. They've been they've been chomping on the bit for so long. And they've been knocking on the door to get in for so long that they have to. They re- if they don't, then like yeah, they could be like they were at the beginning of the season when they lost by 20 goals to Bieleheim.
4: Could happen, but I, I really doubt it. So, yeah. I, I think it might come down to the first few minutes in that semi-final, the first 10 minutes, let's say, because I think you can use the crowd really well. If it's a loud support, you can kind of use that to drive you. But if they come out and, you know, that scores a couple of goals, they're 5-1 down, the crowd can also swallow you up you you want to get out of that big arena and i think it's crucial those first 10 minutes that they'll be energized by it they'll Mm. get that push and it's how far they get with that initial crowd behind them pushing them how much they engage with that crowd and how they continue to engage with it you know we saw like in the euros there was Montenegrin fans and the Montenegro team, they just used the crowd to push them through anything that came their way. Literally, they were hobbled, walking on one leg. (laughs) No voice. uh, No voice, no nothing. But they were able to use the crowd, which was fully supportive the whole time, to just keep them going. And I think they just have to keep the crowd, essentially. Uh, I I think Hungarian fans are a little bit less loyal than the Montenegrins who will just go absolutely nuts the whole time. I think uh, the Hungarian fans potentially, you know, they get angry. They get angry at their team. They get angry at the refs. And if FTC allowed the game to get into a situation where the crowd is going really mad at the refs or decisions are going their way and they're starting to fall behind, that can be a negative. So it's, it's a real delicate balance. And I think it comes down to those first 10 minutes where it will be decided how FTC use that crowd.
3: Do you think there's been a slight switch in their mentality with likes of Lekic and Sveic coming in that has changed it just ever so slightly, wherefore they can make it to an event like this now. And they just have one of those two mentality monsters in there who've been there and been at huge events over the years and just bring that experience in there. Because it always felt like FTC teams over the years were lacking a little bit of that type of character in there.
0: Well, thank you for introducing that segue to my strength. For the team, <laughs> uh, very well played, uh, Brian. And yeah, that is that Champions League winning experience. So just the winning mm. experience, or the, the knowledge of, of playing in these big events, that is uh, is a huge advantage for the likes of Susanna Tomori, four-time champion, also a reigning champion with Vipers. Uh, Dragana Sević with two titles to her name. Andrea Lekic, amazingly, with only one Champions League title to her name, but she's been in every other Stuff every of, every other one basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, which Varda was in and came close so many times. And, and she's um, the
4: fourth top scorer in yeah. in the history of the Champions League. So pretty a nice, good player. Pretty, to she's pretty good, on.
0: yeah. A nice little tidbit on on Svić and Lekic as well, because this weekend, assuming everyone who has bought tickets comes into the arena, so all twenty thousand and twenty two people, that will break the world record for a women's handball match. So we broke the record last year for a women's club match, but now breaking the world record this weekend. The previous record was like 19,500 or so. Combank Arena in Belgrade for the World Championship Final 2013. Serbia and Brazil featuring Dragana Svić and Andrea Lekic. So they're going to have the number one, number two both playing as the home team as well. So they know all about big crowds. Exactly. So they know. And I mean, if you're thinking about, oh, which which home crowd could be more intimidating than the Hungarians? The Serbians. Serbians. (laughs) (laughs) So they they should be fine. I I think that is a huge advantage for them, having those players who who all of a sudden make them not a team that uh, is a newcomer to this. Mm. But with players, also Malistein, um, who is a world champion, um, players who have played at a very high international level over the years. So it's not a it's not a bunch of kids coming in. There is a, a certain mel- mental side to it, which I think has been overcome because of those players coming in and and just driving the team with their calmness as well. I mean, I think there's no more cooler customers than Lekic and now she would I never thought I would have said that about Sveic five years ago, yeah. but she's turned into a real... You know, I think, calming influence on the team.
3: Zenzweig. Yeah, Zenzweig. Yes. And you mentioned there about driving force in the team. And that moves me on to my key strength. And I think it has to come down to the wings of Angela Malestine and Greta Martin, who scored 83 and 40 goals o- between them uh, over the season. And I think when you think about a driving force of FTC, you really feel like they're flying on those wings each side and left left. And right, in each game I've seen them in this season, they've been so pivotal in all those big games. Especially Angela Manstein, she really, she really brings it for them.
0: Yeah, is there a better pair of wings in this Final Four event? I think maybe not, or at least more pivotal pair of wings in a fi- in this Final Four event. Like, there's no other team that are relying on them in terms of scoring the way that other other teams are. So, and we know as well at this high level, particularly in women's handball when the wingers aren't performing as they should, teams can really get punished, and it can really alter their game. But knowing that they can pop the ball out uh, to the wings and rely on Marton and Malestein, I think uh, is huge for them.
4: For me, it's actually um, similar to that. It's the right side as a whole, and it's uh, Malestein and Kloiber as a combo, I think, is their biggest strength. They're They're the two top scorers for FTC in the competition, Uh, Cloyber, 106 goals, Malisandre 83. So that's a lot of goals coming from that right side. And I really think that as a combination, they work pretty well because Kloiber is just so dynamic. She is one of the best one-on-one players in the whole competition in women's handball. and. The, no team can really cheat on Kloiber by tokening the, the wing defender because they know the milestone's there to mm-hmm. mop up anything that comes. So it puts every team that they play into a very difficult situation. I think um, they can use that continually throughout the competition. They just know how to do it. It's almost like a two, two-on-two two game all the time.
0: People in the chat, any other uh, you know strengths of this FTC team that you Believe is going to drag them through this weekend. Anything that we're not thinking about here, or from what we've said, that you really believe will will drive them. Um, the Achilles' heel I mentioned briefly already, which is the the fan expectation that usually
3: doesn't go their way. What do you have in mind, Brian? I think for me, it's their up and down form over the season, and it has been very up and down. They've looked like world beaters at some points, and then get absolutely hammered by it, the likes of Beediheim. At 20 points at home at 20 points 20 goals beach Hamble player playing beach, beach Hamble on the brain here uh 20 20 goals at home uh so how they start the game tomorrow is going to be huge i think those first 10 minutes as alex said is going to be absolutely massive and uh it could come back to how the wingers are working on the fast break very early on so their form over the weekend is going to be huge but i think the occasion should i think iron out those issues i hope don't let me down again. FTC, <laughs> please don't do it to me. <laughs> I'm once again hyping you up. Yeah. It's...
0: I mean, it does form completely go out the window, though?
3: Yes. Yeah? You yeah. believe so? Yeah, I think at a weekend like this, we've seen the likes of uh, CSM when they won it back in... Yeah. Or CSMA, excuse me. I should release say Yeah, ChessMA when they won it back in 2016. 16, you know? 2016. They were... Their form was very up and down as well. And they had that grit and determination over the whole season, scraping their way to the final four and then just scraped their way to the trophy as well. Mm. well not scraped it, that doesn't sound quite right, yeah. but they bullied their way to the trophy as well. They so, Bella Guldened their yes. way to the trophy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was six, it was 16 goals? Yeah. wasn't in the uh, final you, was,
3: Sorry, I one, one thing, Alex. Who's going to be their Bella Gulden this weekend? I'd have to be
0: Kleiber, wouldn't it? In terms of like pure scoring power and assists. Yeah, yeah. I think well, again, someone like Malastine c- could rack up double digits, um, but I think in terms of you know pure scoring power, that's uh, actually no. I changed my mind. No, no. If it's going to be anyone, Emily Bulk.
4: That's what I was about. To
0: say. How have we not spoken about Emily Bulk yet in this
4: conversation? Exactly. Yeah,
0: go on, Alex. Yeah, because I
4: think Clyburn uh, is going to have. A very good final four a very good game no matter what it, there's different levels to it but she's going to be really good but the more of a wild card is bulk who can do the bell thing. she can take over she can just feel it and start scoring so if ftc were going to go all the way that that might be the key for them and you know i don't think like has that in her anymore The like but the the 14 goal game you know Mm -hmm. i think like it brings a lot to this team we've spoken about how crucial it seems like she was for this team to allow them to get to where they are today but i think bulk is the wild card she she knew either way
0: and uh it's it's funny because mihai on the chat literally as soon as he said that said the same thing if there's going to be a bella in the ftc squad this weekend, I hope that it's going to be my Emmy. is also in love with Emily Bulk as well. Uh, shout out to Emily. She was on the show, uh, The Spin, on Tuesday. And uh, yeah, lovely guests, as we know. Lekic will be the Linnea Torstenson. If we're going to stick with these. If we're going to stick with <laughs> these. <laughs> these, uh, <laughs> these throwbacks. <laughs> these to the CSM team. Linnea Torstenson has scored that absolute screamer. Of an equalizer mm. to send it in to, uh, to equalize yeah. right at the death, that's something that Lekic can do. Yeah, you know the kind of older player who still can come up with a bit of magic won't do it for 14 goals worth, but will like be an asset to the team all the way through, and then we'll score a screamer to to uh, to help them along. Yeah, are you, are
3: you getting also Chesmail vibes off this team now as well? I, now now that we're talking about yeah. it,
0: yes. Uh, yeah. There's well, yeah, the newcomers like Chesmail were. They came into it completely like, you know, not in, not in the best of form in the world, and uh, they haven't been able to do it since, so probably it yeah. would <laughs> be the same for FDC. Uh, the only think, thing is is that uh, Chessima had no baggage before that. Yeah. It was their first Champions League season. Mm-hmm. They came in,
3: bingo, bango, job's a good and, yeah. yeah. What are you going to say, Alex? But
4: do you think FDC have two games in them? I just don't see... I just don't see them winning two games in a row in, in this final four.
0: If they're facing Jur in the final, 100% they could do it again. I think if that's the final and you can't you can't reproduce anything <laughs> of that, then you're you're playing the wrong sport mate. I mean that's and also they have the they I think they have the psychological edge in cup games over over Jur not just this season but over the last few years like they really seem to thrive
3: in those games it's just now taking that step to this level yeah. to do it here but I if know what Vipers you're, yeah they probably eat them up but I know what you're saying Alex all the names we listed Bulk, Kloiber, Lekic, Malestein and probably you could throw Greta Martin in there they all have to play well for FTC to do well this weekend and if even one or two of them don't I don't know where they're going to get get the gold the, the firepower from because I feel like maybe that's where the squad lacks a little bit as well in terms of the depth uh, of the players they can call upon
4: yeah, and that, that was my Achilles heel. Uh, well, one of them was just like first time out of Final Four, but we talked about that. But I think squad depth is probably FTC's Achilles heel, and they still have good players yeah. um, in, in backup. You know, Stala. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for giving that, you're, that you're goal, a go, Alex. <laughs> <live laughs> <player laughs> <for> the <laughs> um, they're good players, but I think compared to the other teams who have, I don't know, even uh, Team Esprit have like meta Tramborg as a top, top player. Yeah. I don't think that FTC have the level of backup players that the other teams in have
0: just a few more uh, comments from the chat here uh snowy saying i gr- i agree that uh, they would be amazing against Jur in a final and um yeah me i saying their motivation against the, their biggest opponent ever will be so so high they won't feel any kind of fatigue from the semi-final there's that classic adage which has been said over and over again particularly in the men's final four it's like you wake up on the sunday after the semi-final If you've won the day before You'll be absolutely fine It's only if you lost the semi-final Then getting up is a nightmare yeah. uh, Getting up for a final of the Champions
3: League I think uh, it's it's easy for anyone is it, is it fair to say this That every all the neutrals this weekend Are all waiting for an FTC Gure final Just for that epic clash Am I wrong? Or is that I feel like everyone wants that, no? It would be, like it's,
0: it's the best time for that to happen in terms of where FTC are and where Jura have not dropped to, but where they are as well. I think these two teams have never been more even. Mm. Like FTC have managed to get a couple of wins over the years. Always a surprise package. I think in terms of the two teams being like at an even playing field at their very best, yeah, I think that's the perfect time for it. I mean, why not the first time? Exactly. It would be yeah. absolutely nuts. Oh, you, I'm sure Alex would be on a flight over from <laughs> Boston if that happens. And uh, are we going to have a, a little video of the inside of the court here uh, while you're you're hearing us chat? Because I don't know if people can can hear the background uh, music. I guess this is for the uh, the opening show tomorrow. Clements has given me a little uh, shaky hand, which doesn't really mean anything to me. Like, yeah, people can hear a little bit. I heard I am a survivor. <laughs> I am a survivor. I'm a survivor. <laughs> uh the budget version. Uh will the arena survive ten thousand flares inside. Is, is a I not <laughs> <laughs> I'm a survivor, yes. And uh yeah, I think that well, that was my answer to that. Alex, what's your answer to uh, Brian's question?
4: Wait, what was Brian's
2: question again? <laughs> 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 we, oh, we diverged so much. <laughs> we diverged
4: so much. I, don't I was know saying, uh, for
3: all the neutrals out there, I mean, the most epic clash of FTC versus ah, on Sunday, yes. and that warm-up, and the tension right up to the whistle, and 10,000 flares, and that's going to be epic. Yeah, Everyone wants that, no? Do you want that as, yeah. as a neutral? I, I
4: think so, although, I don't know, I tend to not like... Uh, european finals with the same country club. you know it's just uh, something about that just it it kind of takes away from the the grandeur of the competition Mm -hmm. but in this case i think it would be amazing i I think it would be pretty epic you know comparing it to the um although again you just see them play all the time you know it's it's kind of it is a fixture that we know and it's always pretty epic but Maybe we'll
0: give them the one. I wouldn't like it. Again. We'll give them. We'll give them one. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the equal, you know, fear about this is that they could well be playing in the bronze medal game. <laughs> I think there's a slightly yeah, see, higher chance that. of them playing yeah, in the that bronze would be medal a game. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what they would make of that. I actually, there probably wouldn't be a more intense bronze medal game in the history of yeah, the final true. four. True. If the two of them were facing each other, because particularly for FTC, it would mean so much to. To get a medal, and Jura would just want to deny them that.
3: You know? um, yeah, so shall we move on then Let's to on. FTC's uh, semi-final pairing? Yes, Team Esbjerg. They're
0: playing Playmark. Team Esberg in the second semi-final, right? At six o'clock tomorrow afternoon. And uh, yeah, Esbjerg. The storyline
3: for them. What did you? Make the storyline for them for me was my memories last year and how disappointed were uh, disappointed they were with their own this, their own performance especially i remember the scenes of henny rice that after the game and how distraught she was distraught and quite quite angry i mean yep. she clearly has very high standards and the storyline for me is can they put that behind them can they come here to the same arena in the similar circumstances and learn their lesson dina E-Ekola earlier was talking about how you cannot prepare for these big crowds mm-hmm. but to a certain extent you can experience it yes, they have. and know better yeah. and I feel like they do have that now in their back pocket and we've talked about this team as well and we've said that they do seem a bit more robust this season they seem a bit stronger a bit more together and yeah, I can understand where Alex is coming from when he's saying that he does see them as slight favourites going into this On top of that she
0: also speaking about Nora Merck was saying how, like, every time they weren't playing well, that she was, like, driving that home as well. So that's another part of it. it's like, you know, they are being pushed over and over and over again, not just by Reistad, not just by Jensen, but now Nora Merck as well, who's at this completely other, like, echelon in terms of what she's achieved mm-hmm. uh, as a player. Is that, like, is that worrying you a little bit, Alex, the fact that they, they did f- flop so hard last year?
4: No, I, I think it's actually a benefit. I, I think that's why I have them in the favorite position. I think they, they would have learned a lot. And yeah, my storyline is just run it back. They were, you know, it's the same team roughly. They added in Merc, which is a great addition. And they're just like, we, we were good enough last year. We just couldn't do it. We're definitely doing it this year is I think the attitude that they'll be coming in here. And I think the, the performance last year will drive them a lot more. They'll just be like, they can't do that again. And they won't let themselves do that again. And uh, an additional fact about this final four, which I think is actually another key reason why they're going to go into this um, final four in better form is that, and we talked about it last year, The Danish league final
1: Mm.
4: last year happened basically 10 days before the final four. So they played three games against Odense in 10 days, which were all absolutely like grueling hard matches that went down to the last minute. And it felt like they, they kind of ran out of steam by the time they hit the final four. The Danish league this year has changed around a little bit so they've only played one of the final games uh, which was on the 30th of may and there's the next one is coming up after the final four so they had a semi-final against ecast about 10 days ago they won that pretty comfortably they played their first batch of the final a couple of days ago to like build them into it give them a bit more strength you know get that practice they won against Odense, and now they're not too tired they're in peak form going into this final four so that adds to you know this kind of momentum that they have coming in here
0: yeah they've they're the only team who've been playing regular games in the last couple of weeks and uh i saw earlier martin and annie were speaking to vilda ingsta about that exact point like other teams have had 10 days to uh to train for this and like there could be advantages to really honing in on all your opponents there but Vilda was just like, yeah, but it's boring, you know. You want to play. And <laughs> in a kind of classic, seemingly classic Vilda ingstad uh, answer, uh, just saying uh, how it is as a, as a player, just wanted to play. And so, yeah, I think that that could be a nice advantage for them. Um, and Mihai throwing in a, a fact here, which I actually haven't considered, just to show how incredible Nora Merck's form has been here. Uh, Nora Merck has won each and every Final Four since 2017. Wow. So there's what 2017 <laughs> with Jur, 2018 with Jur, 2019 with Jur, 2021 with Vipers, 2022 with Vipers. Yeah. Holy shit. Your, <laughs> your a...
3: prediction, Alex, is looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, Nora Merck's in the team then. Nora <laughs> and thank you for that, Best reminder. Best because I, I was thinking a minute, I was like, how has she gotten six already? Well, she's won the last
3: five in a row. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's how you do it, folks. Um, but she's been outshone by somebody as well this season. She has. And
0: uh, I mean, my, my storyline there has been like, will they ever have a better chance? I think when you look at the whole constellation of the teams, mm. where they're at, where this season has been at, also looking at the semi final opponent, because if they manage to overcome everything in terms of being the away side. FTC, you look at it from a purely paper point of view, it's like, this is a great semi-final to have. Mm. And then Jur or Vipers in the final, as you said, they have the better Norwegians. That, and that's all that matters, <laughs> right, Alex? <laughs> no, but there is a little bit of like, they're going to they're gonna take lumps out of each other. Of course, they'll be able to recover in time for the final, but they will... Um, if everything goes to plan for them, they should be fairly fresh. If we're looking at this, I mean, like they dispatch FTC in a purely uh, professional way, which I don't think is going to happen. That will be so boring. It could happen. It could be boring. It could happen, but I hope not. Uh, I don't think it will. But I, I think overall, looking at it, they, will they have a better chance of winning it? Um, will this team be in the constellation that it is again? I mean, you had someone like Katrina Heindel coming in. Which looking at it as the strength for me, the way they've bolstered the team, the having the full squad, not just relying on seven or eight players uh, is huge for them and so yeah, I don't think they will have a better chance in a in a couple of years because you know next year other teams will be stronger again Mets will come back harder than ever before yep. so things have fallen nicely for them uh, to
3: to potentially take it home this weekend yeah and when you have a player like Henny Reistad who's in that form scoring 130 goals already this Ludicrous. season yeah. already this season we were talking about Nora Mork before the show and we we're looking up the season the goal tally she had for each season she only broke 100 twice in her whole career and Henny Reistad has already broke 130 mm. so like when you have a player like in that kind of form you can't waste that opportunity you have to make the most of that and if Henny Rice comes out tomorrow and scores five goals, that's a bad game. Yeah, for Henny she's, she's a ten goal. Uh, she's ten goal gal. minimum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she oh, broke the record. She averages seven point two. Yeah, yeah averages seven. So five would be a very bad game for five. For any I other players like right. I scored five goals in a...
0: <laughs> and this is only her like, her third proper. She's a fourth overall, but like she had the breakthrough uh, when Vipers won the first time. And that she's only ten goals away from breaking the record for goal scoring <laughs> at the final four, which could be knocked out in. It could be knocked out in the first half, for all yeah. we know. If that <laughs> that worst case scenario happens in terms of Esbury running away with it, uh, as the lights are play, wreaking havoc here, the power of the music in the arena has taken control of the power in the the lights here. Uh, but yeah,
3: I any race that, right yeah,
0: any race right that, yeah. I mean, that is the. I mean I talked about all the players that have come in as the strength but mm. is she just the strength full stop
3: she is for me yeah she's she is it's I down here manic rise that. manic Henry Reistat because there, <laughs> there is something <laughs> I think manic in the best sense there's something manic about the way she plays and she just she's, she gets the ball and she's going to go you know and she's so direct in what she's doing as well and uh, again she's also when you talk about the mentality monster in there she's very she's of the same cloth of, as uh, Norm Ork And that uh, A lot of those Norwegian legends as well So they've all Learned their Norwegian school Trade in in in, Sorry they've learned their trade In Norwegian handball school So They all come from the same Same uh, thought pattern Um, But yeah If they don't Capitalise on her form I think it'll be A a massive Massive Loss this weekend But I I, Look Henny that's going to score Minimum 8 goals tomorrow Big call, I'm saying it. it's not really a big call. No, it's a very a easy call. It's a, a, a very average call. call prediction,
0: slightly
4: above average. Call. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> think
0: the eight goals are maybe too little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying an actual double double, not a Quinn double, but a not a sexy <laughs> six, but a actual <laughs> double double, 10 goals, 10 assists could happen this week. Uh, That's uh, oh, uh, a big call for Henny. Yeah,
4: she needs 21 to have the highest scoring season in uh, Champions League history. Um, which I think is on the cards. She did, know, Vipers, yeah. she did it for Vipers,
0: yeah, at 22, right? 22, when, 22 at the yeah. age of 22 when she won it for them, that final four two years ago.
3: Yeah. At 21 for, is of is interesting numbers, because she broke the record for the most goals in a single game this season with 21 goals. <laughs> that's what you say, yeah
4: scored, 21, what? This, that's scored 21 goals in the game why, why did you score 21 right? goals <laughs> no, no, that's <laughs> a little
3: no, surely no, no, not. No, no 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 that's what you have for reading an article on air uh, hold yeah. on a
0: second <laughs> that was that was me when i broke the irish league record for most goals in one game <laughs> 20, oh yes that 21. was 21 yeah, yeah i always confuse yeah, you two yeah. that was against yeah, uh, yeah, well, dublin city university really. yeah
4: yeah anyways but i think for for me the strength goes beyond Henny reistad and it's the backcourt shooting of team eschberg like the weapons they have i don't think we've ever seen in women's handball with reistell Henny reistad and tramborg as a backcourt shooting combination like each one of these players can shoot from 10 11 meters no problem they are very direct but also skillful and i think it's just such a get out of jail free card for esprit to have these players and not all three of them will have the perfect game because you know backward shooting is dependent on that but you'll have two of them just scoring non-stop for periods of the game and they can interchange and it's just it's pretty incredible like i don't know how you counter that
0: and I can't, and I can't believe you mentioned those three and Nora Merck's not even in <laughs> in that team Yeah, no no, but it's
4: it's that like Nora yeah, Merck is the, in terms has of the outside skills, but she's not yeah. but the outside shooting is the um, X factor compared to any other team. It's like, you know, we, we talk about Anna Gross and how amazing she is. But it's it's like having three Anna Grosses yeah. in the backcourt at slightly different levels of skill. But it's I don't know how you stop that.
0: And you have a, a very in-form uh, Vilda Ingstad, and if needed, also Katrina Hyndell in the line there. So you know, come out at those three shooting at you at your peril, because they'll just pop the ball into the line to, to finish the job. It's um, it's a scary proposition for a team because yeah, all of them can at a moment just take over. But there are some Achilles' heels in this team. I couldn't find any. Really?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you have some. Right, not not so, really.
0: All right. So my one is, and we we did touch on it there with Dina, and she said, yes, they're young, yes, they're good, but they and, and they know they need to perform this weekend. But of the goalkeeper pairings, I would put them third or fourth there. And like in terms of the the amount of uh, saves this season uh milling is their top saver 31 is is very decent but in terms of the amount of saves it's 17th in the champions league Uh, so that's their their top goal uh, goal saver and it cost them big last year which may be playing a little bit on their minds because the the as dina would say herself like the goalkeeping is not up to scratch that time it really Mm. caught them off guard the whole event and their stats in a game where at the beginning the attack caught Jura off guard in the semi-final, they just couldn't hold on to it because they weren't stopping anything. Mm-hmm. The team in defence has also improved a lot more, of course, because, well, they have an absolute beast in there, like a, in the best possible word, beast, like the, one of the best defenders uh, of the year in Heindel. But there could be that little bit of a worry as well, particularly with the with FTC's ability to score from every position. I agree. Thank you.
3: Yes. It was very well said, Chris. No, thanks. Uh, but no, but yeah, that is one of their weaknesses. Um, but after that, if you, if you have to pick something else, it gets very tricky. It gets very hard. Yeah, but, it, but it is such a crucial thing. It is. Like yeah.
0: goalkeeper, you need, what does Rasmus say every time we try to make break a, a prediction? <laughs> In the final weekends, you, you, yeah. whoever has the best goalkeeper will win and do you see one of those two
3: being the best goalkeeper overall? Find it hard. Hard to see. But mm. with a defense like that I can make up for yeah. it. But yeah, we you always see the keeper's performance so well at final fours and it's always such a key factor. So all of a sudden Alex, your prediction is not looking so good anymore. I'm, I'm over <laughs> and back here. <laughs>
4: no, I, I think it's key, but they, they, they also have the second best defense in the whole competition in terms of, that's including the goalkeeper, of course. Um, but in terms of goals conceded, uh, it's just 26.3 that they've conceded a game. And they tend to not play the, the high scoring matches. You know, I can see games, you know, regularly they're like 27, 26. That's kind of their type of game. Um, And I think the combination, because, you know, you're looking at, again, I said offensively all those players, Mm -hmm. but take those uh, three fantastic backcourt players and add Heimdall in there and that's that's a pretty, pretty good defensive block. Uh, And I think, you know, the combination, you can The goalkeeper is on their own, maybe not, but with that defensive block in front of them,
3: it's pretty difficult. You'd to always play. want Heindel in your team, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, just brings so first, much. First name of the team sheet. Yeah, brings so this much. This season. Uh, Lena I can't saying, believe I said uh, Henry Weiss has scored 21 goals in a game. That's How much? No, he's yeah, 12. Yeah, 12. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I got all backwards. <laughs> it's
0: okay. Uh, Anna Christensen came into the team and has saved more than 40% in all games combined in the league and Champions League. Um, very good of course the league uh, also in Denmark being tough but you know it's a whole different level you know you could say that about these goalkeepers all season long We're coming to the final four for the first time for Anna Christensen it's it's completely unknown for me mm. so it is it's really it's clawing at like something that's an Achilles heel for them clawing onto the heel trying to say ah oh, come on tear off but it's it's a, it's a hard stretch but it is something that's a little bit of an unknown maybe not a, a weakness but an unknown for this team exactly how they're going to perform with the goalkeepers
4: what about another unknown and that's Jesper Jensen so oh. we know that uh, uh, let, me, let me finish here oh. we know he's fantastic Alex hot coach take coming uh. in we need him it wouldn't, be but, the same. it wouldn't be the same without but he's he's a meticulous coach yeah we see with Denmark, they have just this pristine system that everyone stays inside. I think with Esberg, he gives a little bit more freedom because when you have Rysad and Mark, you can't just box them into a role. But it's still a really meticulous game plan that he's going to develop for the final four. And as we said, they don't, they didn't have as much time to prep um, with with that game plan for the final four. So. Do you think that the game plan might be a little bit too stifling in these Final Four games, which you know are just wild cards? You know, what, something's going to go wrong, and will it be a negative? Interesting. I
0: think what you said before about the experience from last year will come into play in terms of how they have prepared. And it wasn't last week that the draw was made. They have had time to quite a bit of time to build up for this, even with the intensity of the Danish league. I'm pretty sure Jesper and his coaching staff have been able to carve out some time to to plan for these games as well. So I wouldn't be so worried about that. Um, although what I, did, what I did see today, which could be slightly worrying, uh, the... <laughs> no no not that <laughs> no well related to that i was i went on a run uh, today and we're that is worrying. it is yeah, worrying. Is, yeah well, yeah trying to get fit for the uh, trying to get fit <laughs> trying to get fit for the american handball championship next week and uh, there's the hotel that we're we're on uh, it's on margaret island and it's got this beautiful I think it's one of the longest like, designated running tracks in the world. So 5.3 kilometers all around the outskirts of the, the island, uh, a running track. But there's one thing and that you have to go counterclockwise. You have to go to the right, just like a proper running track. That's what it tells you, right? What did Chris do? I did it correctly. Oh. I went counterclockwise. But who did I see come across me as I was struggling... Eighty percent of the way through my run was a topless and very fit Jesper Jensen coming at me the wrong way.
3: So Should does, we be worried? So what does that tell you, Alex? About <laughs> what your, does that? That's back <laughs> in He's gone all
4: over places. He's mentally fragile. <laughs> he doesn't know where he's going. He's he's worried and really? he's topless, so he's going nuts. That'd Chris eat. then
0: finished his room with his top off, just for just to note that. No, nah, mine was so sweaty and clingy, I couldn't get it off. If I tried to it took me about fifteen minutes to get it off. Uh, no, no, Jesper looking very, very pristine, and uh, yeah, looked very chill as well. Had to head AirPods in, gave me a little, you know, finger point and a wink to say hello, and then he. You're at that level. Went on his way,
3: oh, yeah. He wouldn't give that to me. Say that. No. Oh. <laughs> You but go. it's one thing we know about <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing we know does about that help inform <laughs> the, uh, the conversation here I'm not sure what not do you sure. think tell us in the uh, chat but if there's one thing we do know about Jesper Jensen, to be serious here is from all the players we've spoke to over the years who've worked with them he is excellent at forming this kind of this feeling in a team that the, the players feel safe and a very good vibe mm. in a team so you know they're going to come in in a very good mental state into this weekend and maybe that's all they need after the, the nightmarish memory, memories of last season. I think if there's any coach of all four coaches here who would fix that, in terms of fixing the mood, it would be him.
0: Yeah, he, he's very much into the, like, the positive mental health side of things and that. It's funny what you're saying, Alex, because he does create this, like, this very set way of playing for Denmark, but all the Danish players also say, you know, we built this system based on how we play. So it's not about, he didn't want people to fit into the system. He wanted them to be the best version of themselves, to play the way that they they can express themselves. And then they created the, the team around that. And um, I guess that that shows in different ways. So maybe we're seeing a more expressive Esbjerg because of the players that are in that team in comparison to Denmark. So, yeah, I think in that sense, that goes back to what you said at the very beginning uh, and what you mentioned as well, Brian, is that they, they could let last year completely... Yeah, flow away and just uh, come into this with a new, uh, a new mindset. And from what we heard from Dina before, you know, she doesn't have to play tomorrow, but she seems pretty relaxed about the whole, the whole thing and how the team is approaching it.
3: We spoke. You spoke about keepers being. Is there anything else you want to say about team? No, Asperger? I think that's that's yeah. good. So I think. Well, will
4: we do a little uh, little prediction
0: for the semi-final? Oh yeah, yeah. semi-final. Ooh, so yeah! You brought a lot predictions Alex. in there, folks, in the chat. Score as well. There was yeah. a, there was a prediction for how many goals Henny Rice that would score. I didn't see the result of that. Can you shout to me, Clements?
3: Twenty-one.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, to
3: be fair, Henny the Rice's highest scoring game was fifteen goals, so you weren't that, oh,
4: that, that far right, off yeah. this year. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, so yeah, pretty close between well, dead close between five to eight, or nine to twelve goals. Um, okay, does anyone believe FTC is going to win the semi-final?
3: And if not, what's the scoreline? I want it to happen, but my head is telling me no. Um, but I know Alex is going to go for Team Esberg, so I'm going to go for I'm going to back FTC.
4: Yeah, you, you'll regret it if you don't. Ryan. I'll regret it if you I don't. You gotta back exactly. your yeah,
3: yeah, I've been talking about them for years. They've let me down so many times, and let's go one more time. <laughs> Come on. Uh, 22 21. 20, oh, wow. That's a
0: proper slug. Yeah it oh, yeah. has to be if they're uh, going to Henny win it to be that Henry
4: Henny Reistad scores all 21 goals for, <laughs> yes <laughs> sure. <I think>
0: exactly <laughs> yeah oh, they just come out with this incredible record. They, they double up on everyone <laughs> except Henny Rice and uh, they just let her score you know they're like oh we decided we couldn't stop her so we decided not to stop her and just stop everyone else uh, that would be something Talent Dujabaya would do probably yeah um, Gabarelik coming up with the the goods 22-21 what do you think Alex?
4: I'm going 6-goal win for Esbjerg 29-23 oh oh
0: dear that is the worst case scenario isn't it
4: worst case scenario and I'll what scores at
3: halftime is it even close at halftime
4: I think it's, it's going to be a classic game close at the start end of the first half it becomes like 14-11 and then it never never really closes and towards the end it, it runs away
0: I reckon FTC are going to be winning at halftime, 40 and 11. <laughs> the other way. And then. Uh, <laughs> so creative what you're supposed And then Esberg are going to force their way back into it. It's going to be 25 25, and we're going to extra time. What? And then, then the Norwegian power and the Norwegian know how really will shine through, and they'll win 29 26. It'll be like a one sided extra time 4-1 in extra time to Esbjerg to go through to the final. There you are. So, some of the
4: uh that's pretty dramatic.
0: Yeah, pretty dramatic. Yeah. So, moving on to <laughs> the first semi-final between Vipers and your uh, a repeat of last year's final, the two most recent champions, as we've learned, Normark has been a part of all of them. Uh yeah, three time champions uh, in a row, five in total for Jura. uh two time reigning champions, Vipers. Shall we go with the champions first?
3: Yes. Vipers. Let's, and you were saying about Team Esperg having maybe are lacking in the goalkeeping department and Vipers, but Katrina Lunda have one of the best goalkeepers of all time. Is that your story? That's my storyline going into this. Can Katrina Lunda make it seven this weekend? Can she lead her team? to another one. It would be an absolutely incredible story and I feel like it's yeah. It's uh it would just be another massive feather in her cap. She is a massive idol in uh, women's goalkeeping. She has been for many years and we've seen her time and time again at these events just pull it out of the bag and win win her team's trophies. So can you see it? Absolutely.
0: That's why I said at the start that they would win. <laughs> <laughs> No, but also she's, you know, a play. it's so funny because I kind of expected this season that, uh, like the next two seasons, Katrina Lunder would kind of ease her way into the Olympics next year and just like, you know, step up in, in the final stages of the season. But then I looked at her stats and I was like, oh, did I didn't really see a lot of her in the Champions League this year. And maybe I'm beginning to look at Vipers the way we we speak about Norway in women's handball and Denmark in in men's handball, just like we focus on them at the end of the tournament. Mm. Um, Because she's got the second most saves in the whole championship. Uh, 170, 33% save rate. Uh, She is their top goalkeeper uh, by a country mile. And yeah, I could totally see her on the flip side, the Achilles is what if she doesn't for me, Mm. but I could totally see her drive this team or save this team, uh, because it feels like every time there's a really, really important game that she is there for at least one half to, to take over and just like shut up shop. And we had her on the podcast last year, uh, talking about her whole career and the way she talks about the mental side of It's just so fascinating. And she is a little bit like, uh, they talk about Landine, uh, the same with Sterabic. they just become so big. And Katrina Lunda, she's not as like physically big as them, but she just instead waits in the corners knowing exactly where they're gonna go. She has this huge psychological advantage over shooting players when she knows like that she's in the form. So yeah, it doesn't matter who she's facing, she could be the person to, to drive them
3: to victory. Yeah, I think we've lost Alex, have we? Alex, we've lost him. Oh, he's gone. No, we're so we working don't know on Alex's storyline. Uh, so, key strength for me would be goalkeeping. Uh, but I haven't done my storyline. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. I thought that. I thought you were feeding into my storyline. No, I thought. No. No, okay. I okay. Go on. Tell well, me. Well, I mean, tell me. It's a. Uh, it's funny based on what,
0: Dina Eccles said about them being so routined, being uh, like looking like they've been through it all, because they've managed to do this while, in my opinion reinventing themselves. A word I had to ask you for earlier because I just couldn't think of it. Uh, Reinventing themselves for the third year in a row in search of this third title in a row, because every single year they've had to bring in uh, some new players to really rejuvenate, uh, like revitalize and to change the way they play as well. Mm. We thought after their first title that it was going to be a huge challenge for them because a bunch of Norwegians were leaving. Uh, It was going to become a more international team. But that just worked out uh, as beautifully as you could hope. Uh, because you had Bella Gulden who came in and remember how like uh, how composed she was in that final. Mm-hmm. She just like controlled the whole court. And they didn't have Henny Rice, but they had Marketa Yerzabkova. Oh he's done yeah. it. The correct pronunciation <laughs> the correct finally. Pronunciation. Did you find that out at the media call? Uh, no, I, found I spoke to Vlado Ah, yes. Uh, because he's Slovakian and he, he knows everything. So I was like, I had a feeling, because now they've p- finally put in the full like, spelling of the name. And I was like, oh, there's that V thing on the R. It's like, I haven't seen that before. What does it actually mean? And it's actually like a ZH, Um Anyway, I digress. <laughs> she, had, she had an amazing Final Four last year. Yeah. She was like the surprise package of it. She was the Henny Rice side. So they rejuvenated, they they reinvented themselves last year and they've done it again this year with Veja Kareva, with Jamina Roberts coming in and just like the way they can completely change the game, two of like the most dynamic players in the sport mm. and it doesn't matter where they are, they can swap sides. Yep. And one of them play on the left, the other player on the right, doesn't matter. That'll just like confuse opponents even more. And, uh, and then they can also throw in someone like... Uh, Ragnald Dahl who can you know just like most of Esbjerg, bang in a few goals from that side as well so yeah, they've for the third year in a row they've reinvented themselves and that's super exciting super unusual for a team and that for me is the whole storyline of them this
3: season Alex you're back with us do you have a do you have a Viper storyline
4: yeah I do and if we're going with correct pronunciations I'll go with Anna Diakirva um, That's why yeah, Alex sure. is here. <laughs> um, but she, like, we, let's not forget about the player that she was and is. She was the best player in the world. She was this, you know, we talked about her in the same way we're talking about Henny Reistat now. Mm-hmm. Completely different styles of play, of course. But she was this dynamic player that could take over, was winning everything with Russia. She, like, she was incredible then she took a break um and has kind of come in slowly and a little bit under the radar you know we haven't really talked about her this season she's the second highest scorer she still scored 73 goals which is quite a lot um but it feels like this is the right moment for her to step back into the limelight you know she has no expectation i don't think i think vipers as a whole don't really have too much um, expectation. And uh, Jerzakova herself said that they don't have much pressure from the club, she said that the media called that they're not like expected to win, which does, I think, help the team. But I think it especially helps um, Vechereva, who is... You know, she lived under so much pressure for such a long time, both of the Russia and the, the club. She's taken a step back, recharged, and is ready to just take over handball again and i'm ready to see her at the very top of handball again you know we'd love to see that and i think that's the key storyline i i don't actually i'm not very confident that she will you know i'm not like 100 confident that yakira is going to go there and just take over and be the best player this weekend but i really want that and i think she's capable of it
0: we got a bit of muse going on in the background here. It feels very fitting for a, a Vekrava chat. It Feels like something she'd pump herself up to before <laughs> before a game. Uh, yeah. So that is that's like three actually very different and interesting storylines. I think that's the most diverse trio of storylines we've come up with so far. Onto the strengths, and uh, I hinted at it already, but for me, it's that variety in the backcourt that really uh, that is their strength. There. I mean, they. I don't want to have to repeat myself.
3: So, Brian. <laughs> so my, my strength was, to, obviously, the goalkeeping stats from London and also the attacking stats are the best that we've seen uh, this season. So that's the big combination for them. And that's just going to be an absolute nightmare for anyone. <clears throat> They're attack firing with with the likes of Jemina Roberts, uh, Vakarieva and... Uh, oh, Jepikova, say it again, Chris? Uh, Yerzhabkova. 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 Um, her her rise to where she is now I think has one, been the most one of the craziest stories that a lot of people don't talk about how she came onto the scene last uh, last final four no one expected to do anything becomes MVP and not only then you could very easily just rest on your laurels there but she pushed on this season and scored over 100 goals only one of four players who scored over 100 goals this season so she's really cemented her space in that team and it's it's really really incredible from the from the fringes of the European League to become an MVP yeah. and now back at the Final Four again it's just absolutely incredible um, but that trio there in backcourt is just a headache for anybody because they offer such different things as well Yeah, and then Dahl going in there if necessary
0: we spoke about the wings maybe that FTC have the best pair I think the second best pair belongs to Vipers when you have uh, Knetolikova on the right wing I mean just a model pro yeah. um, and also if really necessary you can also put uh, Vekareva, and they're just <laughs> if you want to put a, all right-handers in the backcourt and just mix it up a little bit more, and uh, and on the left-hand side, uh, son of a nice Anderson, who we've seen her rise as well uh, from someone who uh, was going to be studying and just playing for the second team to, to being European and Champions League winner. So yeah, I think the variety overall for the team is really exciting, and is going to be a real headache. I think I mentioned it on the, the morning show, uh, the morning club, that that's got to be what's keeping Ambrose Martin up at night, thinking about like, just what is going to be thrown his way. Maybe there's not that depth in the line position, which I think is, is going to be one of the, uh, the counters to all of this. But focusing purely on the positives and the strengths, uh, they have that everywhere else in the court.
3: Yeah, that actually is then my uh, Achilles' heel. Losing Anna Dembelec to pregnancy... losing to pregnancy. So Anna Dembelec taking time out with pregnancy uh, has been a big loss for them and obviously brought in uh, Jezic, her fellow Croatian country fellow. Um, but yeah, so you, could you see Katrina Jezic pulling off a massive performance this weekend? It's harder to envis- envisage. She does offer obviously a lot in terms of leadership and her defence. Um, but... I think there's maybe a lack of really, really top quality there in it, In when it comes to the to the attack, and
0: she's a solid player. player sure. yeah. She's a solid player. she is. a very solid player, and she will provide a few goals. But they do have uh, Lisa Chepchet mm. in there as well, the Spanish international, who is who offers something very different. I think she's a little. Uh, they're both quite. They're very in different ways dynamic in how they they play on the line. I think they position themselves very differently. Uh, Chapchat, I think, had a, a good Final Four last year as well. So even though she's uh, relatively inexperienced at an international level, I think she she has the goods. But it's not the most thrilling pair of line players, particularly when you compare it to their opponent's during tomorrow, uh, which we'll go into later. But uh, Alex, what do you reckon?
4: Um so strengths I, I I didn't get my strength, but that I i can't look past the goalkeepers. Um and it's quite funny because you know we talk about Katrina Lunda so much, but she has the worst percentage out of the um Vipers goalkeepers in the Champions League this season. But the
0: second but so, the second most saves overall though.
4: <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. She has played ninety percent of the time, yeah. but the other goalkeepers, uh Burson has a forty percent save percent se- um uh, safe percentage when she's played and Julia stockland pulson has 44% safe percentage when she has played. Combined, the two of the goalkeepers only have um, 50 saves between the competition but still it's that depth that it's, you know, Linda will perform at the highest level we expect that but if she needs a 10 minute break that 10 minutes is going to be really at a high level so goalkeepers, you just can't look past it. Um as an Achilles heel, I just think that they are I think the backcourt you said they're very dynamic, but I think they're also not hugely consistent. Yerzhakova has been. Um, that that that's for sure. But Yamina Roberts is a bit dumbfounding sometimes because she plays with this amazing style, this panache, this dynamism. But then she just kind of doesn't do anything in some games. She'll just, she'll get frustrated. And um, I mentioned Biakirva again. She's not back to her highest level. The same thing kind of happens to her where she she can be stopped. And that, that can, you know, who's going to step up there? Uh, can it be years just doing it for the whole Final Four? Probably. Um, can the other two players be fantastic and have uh, amazing games that they're capable of? Absolutely. But can the opposite happen? I think is it's really possible.
0: Yeah, that is what makes this whole semi-final so fascinating because like, the teams at their very best and potentially worst, particularly in Viper's case, can be really punished by Jur if that happens. And I looked at the defense a little bit more because they, they have a little bit of a leaky bucket in there as well. I mean, even looking at the uh, the quarterfinal against Rapid, where they, you know, their approach was, you can score thirty-five goals, we'll score forty-one, that's fine. But uh, against Jur and their defense, that's not. It's not going to be a freewheeling, high-scoring game. And you could get those situations that Alex just talked about with Roberts being shut down, uh, with Vekrava being shut down, and then like the pressure maybe being on Jur uh, uh, Yer- to. To bang in some goals from the outside and then Jura have some amazing goalkeepers who could just one of them could be on form so in that sense it feels like a little bit of a a bad matchup this semi-final and maybe that is the overall Achilles heel like the matchup itself could be more suitable for them if it was a final you know some people have been saying also in the comments that it is kind of a final in the semi-final between these two uh, but yeah, it, it can go into very contrasting ways. Vipers allowed to do what they want to do. They should win in my eyes. But Jure will n- surely won't let them do that. And if that happens, then it's going to be a really tough battle for
3: them and a, potentially a long afternoon. Anything else you want to say there about our story, key strengths, or heels of Vipers? I think we've covered everything. Maybe we could then move on to Jure. Let's... Yes. So I think the storyline, for me anyway, for Gyor this weekend, and something I've mentioned before already, is this is maybe the first time in Budapest where Gyor aren't this home powerhouse going into it, because we do have FTC in there. And that's going to be very interesting to to witness and how they're going to cope with that, because it is going to be a very different feel for them. They're not going to feel quite as at home here this time out. And that's going to add an interesting aspect to it but they do have a lot of players in there who have huge amount of experience at this level i mean ambrose martin five-time all-star coach of the champions league i think this is going to be his eighth final four so he's been here worn the jacket multiple times has won some and also lost some so he knows he knows what it takes to do do it at this level but he's never been here before with ftc fans in the crowd (laughs) yes so that's good it's a very very interesting uh
0: and Dina said it as well like the FTC fans well no she said it about the Dura fans will be supporting oh yeah Esbjerg oh yeah but the FTC fans they'll be baying for yeah the Dura blood they'll be the biggest Vipers fans of all time all of a sudden (laughs) 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 which uh, will be super interesting and uh, yeah that is a completely new dynamic for this team added to the fact and this is my kind of story on it like there's the pressure now all of a sudden to win the title
1: mm.
0: like there hasn't been before so they're five time champions their last championship came in 2019 which must feel like an absolute lifetime for this team and uh, runners up from last year there is a h- real pressure on them to, to get the trophy back because the that aura is just not there anymore and uh, I'm pretty sure they'll be they'll be feeling incredibly motivated by that but also there's a little bit of, um, yeah, there might be a little bit tender with mm. that situation. Um, on top of that, it's last chance saloon for both the coach and the captain with this team. So Ambrose Martin leaving to become the Spain head coach and Amanda Hansen to leave to Mets. They will have their glories in the future, but this, it feels like this kind of generation, even though Ambrose Martin has only come back in, but like, It feels like an end of an era a little bit uh, for this club and they don't want to end it with
3: five years without a title. Surely not. I mean, when you talk about them being maybe a little bit wounded this season, I mean, that's the proof's in the pudding there with the fact that they've up until this season hadn't lost a Champions League match at home for seven years and lost it against Mets this year and that just shows you then when you talk about them losing their shine a bit that maybe teams don't fear them quite as much as it had as they have in other years. So it's it's setting up this this incredible this incredible weekend. Um Alex, what are you thinking? Yeah for
4: for me the storyline is actually they want it the most. And part of it is because what you mentioned, Chris, that they haven't won since twenty nineteen. The second part of it is the players that they brought in this season, being Anna Gross and Sandra Toft. Two absolutely top top players who have never won the Champions League, who've never quite been a, in a position to do it, and they are absolute winners as players. They are like, they really really want to win, and I think it adds another layer to this team that's kind of been together for a while. The, the players like Enzalmino, often that we talked about that you know they've done it all before. They're kind of might be a bit extreme, but they're kind of going through the paces sometimes. For Toft and for Anagross, this is their big, big opportunity. And I think that adds to it and adds to the the drive of the team. So I think they really, really want it this time and that will come through um in this final four.
3: But you know what could be the story after in hindsight? <coughs> Amadine Leno coming out of retirement and then winning the Champions League again. Yeah, I mean, we
0: we at the beginning of the season joked about how she probably wouldn't stay out for long. We joked about it at the Euro as well, seeing the way she was acting, like as as the as the French goalkeeper coach, like basically probably thinking she could go out there and do a better job because that was true, um, and now she has a chance to prove it due to the uh, another pregnancy for uh, for Solberg. Uh, which I forgot as well a few days ago, when we talked about it, so Leonard will definitely be there. Uh, that's a great goalkeeper combo as well, like the the former like regular top goalkeeper in the world and the current regular top goalkeeper in the world, Sandra Toft. And yeah, that is an interesting point about Toft and Gross not winning it before, mm. because that that does add a little bit of, you know. Uh, niggle to this team that should be winning it every two years not every year anymore and maybe this team isn't good enough but the club name suggests they should be uh, they should be winning it at least once every two or three years so yeah a lot of interesting storylines with this team (laughs) I think the strengths and the Achilles heels of these teams will be super interesting as well Uh, should I go first with my, my strength here and it goes into a little bit about uh, what I said with Vipers there. Jura will not concede any easy goals. They haven't done it all season. Uh, looking at the great uh, stats piece from Julian Rooks, 25, uh point 25.1 goals conceded, uh, I think, per 50 possessions in a game. Uh, the lowest in the whole competition. And on the flip side of that, in a game, if we're envisioning this low-scoring, niggly game with Vipers, they won't be conceding the easy goals and then they have Anna Gross at the other end who can pop up with the easy goals because that is when Anna Gross is on fire. That's what she comes up with. So that for me is the big strength that they they have the ability to really clamp teams down and uh, dictate with their defense.
3: It's funny because my strength is something that which might actually a little bit... Like, uh, contradict what, what Alex said but I still think as a collective and as a club they do have a vast experience on this big stage while some of the newer players may, might be lacking that I think probably it's running through the blood of the club if you, if you know what I mean and with someone like Ambrose Martin at his eighth final four before he moves on as well he'll want to finish on a high you have people like obviously Steen Oftedal in there as well who's who's been there wearing a jacket many times before She's two titles, if I'm correct, two two goals and and a bronze, so she knows how to win it. So the experience running through the club is something which I still think will be of benefit to them for the weekend. Staff know what they're doing. There's, there won't be the same nerves that like like I like the same of a group of FTC coming into the weekend will have. So I still think that that has a, a huge benefit to them as a group going into going into the game tomorrow. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and I think that that actually builds on the point I made. I, I think. It's that combination of the, um, of the experience, and we've been there, we're, you're, we're the best, added with this sprinkle of these incredible players that will drive them further and beyond where they usually are. Um, and for me, the, the, the strength is just Anna Gross. I, I, like, she is incredible. We've seen her do it time and time again. In the key matches in the Champions, so, so she only has 84 goals, as, as I say only in quotation marks, because <laughs> I think she can easily be on 130 if she wants, wants to be, um, but with Anna Gross in the key matches, which in the last three games, she scored in the quarterfinals, she scored 10 and nine, and then in the final group game against, um, she scored seven. It was top scorer. So she knows how to turn it up at the highest level. And I think she will do it um, in the final four. And I think that's something that this Jura team hasn't really had for a while. Because, again, they're a very equal team. They they have a lot of stars. They have a lot of really good players. And they kind of share responsibility. Um, whether it's Oftadal, whether it's Enzimenko, Meta Hansen, Ryu has taken on their responsibility. So they still have that but then they have Agros to just lead them, which I think they this will be a benefit. And I think they've all accepted that, that in, judging on those really crucial games towards the end of the season, they're all like, okay, Agros, you're our best player, lead us. And I think that's a benefit to have that one person to, to lean on.
0: But I think with the number of goals, as you said, if she wanted to score 130, she could, would probably do it for a lesser team but she's so uh, selfless as well. Like we know when teams start to, or even before they start to clock on how they're going to take her out, she starts feeding the line player. And with Lynn Blom, Yvette Brock, and now recently back, Carrie Bratsit, those three line players, like that is, that is the best group of line players. I mean, Alex, you're, you're the line player expert here. You must be absolutely splurging on that uh,
4: thought if you're a coach. What would you say? Yeah. What can you say? They're they're fantastic defensively and offensively. Yeah. Um. Lena Housh out there as oh, a Oh, again? Hammer. Yeah.
0: I mean, bloody hell! I can't wait to see her score a few counter attacks this weekend. Exactly. That's like a, it's just a
4: unique weapon to have. Yeah. Um. That builds onto what you said about the defense. You know, line players are the core of defense. now, the the best ones. I, I think in this final four, um, is. Again, it, it's, it's quite split. They'll have to, like, they're never really the, the focus point um, or the juror attack. Um, but they'll get opportunities with, with the players that they have in the backcourt. And, yeah, whether it's Bradset or Blum or Brock, it's the, the. Choose your poison there. Yeah.
0: Mihai saying insane there. Yeah. What it sums combination. Up nice now, where are the Achilles'
3: heels in this team? That I have for Achilles heels, I had down to, that they seem to have lost their aura a bit going into the final four i mean we've we've been over this, but we're on the fourth team now and we've kind of recycled some of our <laughs> points uh, but i yeah they have lost that that shine a little bit the fear maybe is gone um when you when you come up against when you come up against gear people f- feel like they know they can they can do do a job against them or it's at least possible, whereas that felt next to impossible for a long time for many years. do you remember?
0: I think we, on the podcast, spoke to Stina Oftedal about this, Mm. knowing, like, there was a time where they knew as Jur and all their opponents knew that you can be up by four or five with five minutes to go, but the best you're going to get is a draw. Yeah. Right? They're going to close you down. Like, all the French teams, they came so close to beating them until this season, of course, away from home, but it would always be a draw or one goal loss. Yeah, that is gone now. That that magic like, oh just coming up with the result. Mm. Um,
3: that is not the same as it was. Well Mets beat them at home this year, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, uh,
0: to go, uh, to oh Mets away from home, yeah. sorry, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that so losing that is, is a huge thing in terms of just, in terms of the, the the uh the uh what's the word? Mentality going into yeah. going into the tie. So yeah. I've nothing else to say on that. No. I've, I've recycled this point no, a few times no. now. But for me, <laughs>
0: Again, going back into how they could defeat Vipers in the semi-final, I said it would would rely on uh, them being able to close down certain players and come up with the plans for this. And this is where there might be a little bit of weakness in there is that they can be tactically outclassed. That's what we saw in the final last year um, against Vipers. Mm. And that's where I think... Vipers still have the advantage there because Oli Exad is still there. Ambrose Martin is still there. Martin, a fantastic coach, but there has been criticism of him in terms of his ability to, to come up with the solutions with this team. In-game. In-game, mm. yeah. Because they've been through it oh so many times over and over again that maybe there's a little bit of like just reverting to the type mm. when it comes to the pressure situations. And they'll be able to come up with something, but... There are so many like so many dynamic solutions that Vipers could have. Will they be able to deal with all of them, both in attack and defence? I think this is maybe the Achilles heel for them. Because players-wise, may not be the absolute like, top players in two top players in every position, but still, I would not say no to this squad. Like mm. there's no reason why they shouldn't win it, but maybe there is a little bit of the the tactical nous that they and this whole coaching situation is super interesting because, as you said, so many of them are moving on at the end of the season. There's all this, ta- this coaching roundabout going on. It's like one last hurrah for a lot of them. I have a feeling that that could be their
4: weak point. Alex, did you come up uh, on you, a weak point? You, you, you stole my point. Oh, sorry. I was yes. going to be uh, Ambrose Martin. And uh, very similar to what you're saying, um, that... I think Ambrose Martin is a real like, feels coach. Mm. Yeah. And I'm doing him with a service here. Of course, he's technically uh, very strong, but he's not, not a Spanish, Jesper Jensen. Of course he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's not a Jesper Jensen in the, the meticulous um, game plan. He does have the players to, to be able to play that style, and it works because they have the fantastic players. But um, in the really tight matches this season, they they've they have fallen a few times and um, hard to find a reason for that uh, apart from that uh, uh, fine tactical news or um, being able to turn around again um, when, when things are going south. Uh, no, I'm just down there. Yeah, I mean, just oh, no. amazing the
3: standard that they've set over the years. The fact that you can lose three games in a season and then people are like, "Oh, you're losing your shine." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we don't fear you anymore. I mean, we're saying that, of course, yeah. like, we don't know what the players are thinking, but it is the vibe you're getting off yeah. a lot of things, and that just shows you how perfect they were for so long as well. Yeah. And then just any five percent drop below that, and all of a sudden it's like, oh the fear is gone." Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, and all that being said, like some of the players can come in and just like take over as well. I mean, you can. You can be tactically outwitted, but then you can play with those, those amazing defenders in there, Havestel and Zeminko, steal a couple of balls, and then, yeah, it's a whole different game. Mm. That's how really difficult this semi-final is to call, which I think we <laughs> have to, to go into now before we let you go, folks. And also let us know who you think is going to win that semi-final. Any predictions?
3: This is one which I think could go to overtime. Mm. I could a have some very points. interesting coaches, coaching challenges as well in there. <laughs> uh, Martin throwing a few wild ones in. Um, I'm going to go 33 all. Oh, after 60 minutes, mm-hmm. and then we verge into extra time where I think Vipers, like Katrina Lunda, will pull off some huge saves. Maybe Anna Verka ever popping up for the for the winner. Yeah. Doesn't go to penalties.
0: Ducking and diving. A little bit of a Geo Gee five step exactly, in there as yep. well from <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, part of me says all the way to penalties and Vipers will win that. But then the other part of me says 29 28 in normal time. The
4: Vipers. God damn it, Chris. What? We're just on the same wave. Right? <laughs> 29-28. <to>, oh, no. <laughs> wait, Jura going to win now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, no. Wait, sorry. To Vipers? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Okay, it's, sorry. It's I, for I think twenty nine, twenty eight to Jura. Oh, yeah. nice.
0: There we go. Okay. We have our bases Very covered. Good. We have our bases covered <laughs> for now. And uh, we won't be back. What about the defences? Yeah, I mean, the defence is amazing, but... And they will be amazing, but I, I think conceding 29 or 28 goals in a semi-final of the Final Four is not a bad defensive play, just when you look at also the ability of, the, of both teams in attack. I think uh, both sides have the ability to play at, at a speed as well that will make it a high-scoring game. I think if Vipers are to win or make it close, it won't be through a low-scoring game. It'll be through them breaking through a few more times. Uh, which Djeric can match. Who's going to win the whole thing? We, we gave who? We're not going to be back until Sunday until it's all over, all three of us. So we've set our, our teams to go through. So we pick in... And uh, CK Bruins asking, did we predict the MVP already? Top scorer should be obvious. Henny That, But MVP, question mark. Okay, so gold medalist and MVP. Alex Gulash.
4: Eschberg, Henny Henny, yeah,
0: top scorer and MVP. Yeah,
3: never happens, does it though? Rarely.
0: Oh, I think if she's if she score I think when she was, MVP. <laughs> she scores twenty
4: one like, goals
0: and yeah, um, yeah. she's going on twenty one goals. <laughs> so
3: I'm gonna get it. Go on, Chris.
0: Vipers, and Lunda. can't say it <laughs>
3: it's so ridiculous I can't say it go on do it it's, I, know, I know who it is it's
0: it can only be one team for you and your journey with them
3: it's FTC where's the camera Yeah. It's close like, up on Brian come on come on right in the winner of the EHF final four 2023 is FTC MVP Emily Bulk there you go Absolutely ridiculous, but you uh, know we
0: live and dream. We live and dream. The Dan of 2023. They are, yeah, could happen. Anything could happen, which is, I think we say that it was about every final four because it's also true over the years. But as we began the whole thing, this is the tightest from top to bottom yeah. we've ever had. Um, did we kick out Alex in the meantime, or is he still here? Oh, he's still here. There he is. He's back. I'm still Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to round it all off our top viewer listener, Mihai, saying, winners, Dure and toft, MVP, which would be a great story as well. So I think we've now actually covered all our bases with our unofficial fourth member. (laughs) Thank you, Mihai, uh, for covering. Anything else uh, you want to say before we depart until Sunday? Enjoy it, boys. That's all I'll say. Thank you. I'll, I'll be very jealous. Well, you'll be watching and no doubt tweeting. Unless you have grand plans to go to the Hamptons <laughs> or whatever over the weekend.
4: Yeah. No, not quite. It, it's, it's early morning for me. Yeah, Games exactly. start at 9am, so it's, that's beautiful. Lovely. Get set up. Thank you so much for everyone who watched along
0: and uh, for anyone on Friday night or Saturday morning who's listening along on the usual podcast. Uh, thank you to the whole gang who've been uh, scrambling to make this a success and Dina Eckler who joined us as well. Uh, lovely to to hear from her and no doubt we'll see her become the MVP uh, the surprise MVP coming onto court uh, 12 weeks after having a child maybe that's a dream but you know anything is possible okay we'll leave it at that Uh, for those of you watching live a reminder that we're on Twitch basically all weekend not us but the home of handball is on Twitch all weekend there'll be Martin Vilstrup the Anja Althaus Dida Vind and Lucy Marie Kretschmar Uh, doing pre-match shows, watch-alongs from inside the arena, post-match shows as well on Saturday and Sunday. So until then, take care and goodbye.